prophecy and prescience. How can they be put to the test in the face of the unanswered question? Consider, how much is actual prediction of the waveform, as Muhadib referred to his vision image, and how much is the prophet shaping the future to fit the prophecy? What are the harmonics inherent in the act of prophecy? Does the prophet see the future, or does he see a line of weakness, a fault, or cleavage that he may shatter with words or decisions as a diamond cutter shatters his gem with the blow of a knife? From Private Reflections on Muhadib by the Princess Hiralong. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. If you're a friend or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we are going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. How's it going, Evan? Pretty good. Good. So, what did you, uh, what do you think of this quote? We'll just jump straight into it. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Bam, bam, bam. We don't have anything else. Okay. Let's do straight to the quote. Straight to the quote. Yeah, straight to it. Um, <clears throat> it was really interesting. I actually got stuff out of this one. Ooh, this time. Okay. Because I read it and then I read it again <laughs> and then I read the chapter and then I went back and read the quote <laughs> again. These quotes are pretty heavy. To see how it, you know, comes together. But it, it was, it was a really cool, um, a cool thought about you know prophecy and prescience and like how much of it really is like telling the future versus kind of seeing the way things are going and the events that are beginning to unfold and saying like uh this is definitely going to happen because of what's happening right now you know um and I feel like somebody who sits in the seat of a prophet, even if they have prescience, they have like the power to see the future. They can still either say what they need to say based on like what they're seeing. Um, or it could be, it could be both, I guess, you know, like they be seeing the future. Yes. But also like they can see the present and where that present will lead in the future. Right. And what, if you do an action, is it, are you making the prophecy come true right, right. by doing something? And if you're, if your seat or position as a prophet in whatever culture gives you a certain amount of power, then you can like, see what's happening, determine what you want to happen and move some pieces around so that that thing will happen. And then people are like, Oh my gosh, he's a prophet. But actually you're just a smart person. Right. Exactly. And um, I think it's funny. This is uh, private reflections on Muhadib by the princess Irulan. So this is her private journal. Ooh. I think that she's, she's asking that same question. Like she's probably been with Muhadib and seen him work his thing. And he's been revered as this prescient prophet, but she's like, how much of it is prophecy and how much of it is him playing the system, which we see in this chapter of Jessica trying to play the system. Right. But it could, that's what I'm saying. It keeps with this book. It keeps coming back to like, is it, is it this thing or is it that thing? And the answer is, Yes. The answer is yes. It's all of the above. It's yeah. both and all the time, you know? This chapter is, I feel like 
this chapter harkens back to a lot of chapter one. It's definitely a, we're meeting the Fremen for the first point in time in this chapter, Um, really having a conversation, getting to know where they're at. And um, this is, it's funny because we ask people on the show to send in their favorite moments. Yes. Um, Yes. And uh, Adrienne, yeah, Adrienne Shepardson, she wrote she wrote in and she said she the favorite part of the book so far for her is the opening scene oh with reverend mother guys helm hum it jumps right into the story and you learn a lot about the world one of the best parts of dune is the strength of the female characters right. and that it establishes just a fantastic beginning to a book series so thank you adrian Adrian, did you say that right? I probably said it wrong, and I'm really sorry, <laughs> but thank you for listening to Dune with us. And if you're watching live, we definitely see you. So yeah. thank you so much. I just learned this week that there's a thing um, that people are trying to binge the podcast so they can be live with us. Are you serious? Yes, that's a whole other. I just learned about this thing. People are like, we're go- I'm, been, I'm ready to go live with you. No. Awesome. We're so glad to have you. Yes. You can listen live on YouTube or listen not live just as you're going along in your day-to-day on mm-hmm. Spotify. And that is equally as cool. Yeah. I kind of, I'm flattered that <laughs> you want to like listen to us <laughs> babble, <laughs> babble about dude for hours on end. These but, are our people. Yeah. This is our tribe. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's like, I feel a deep heart connection to whoever is currently laying on their couch, just like not doing anything but <laughs> listen to reading Dune right now. Like that is a whole vibe. I, I see I dig you. It. I see you. <laughs> um, we should make everybody like crew chiefs because they know they're part of our tribe. But still, if they get lost, <laughs> yeah, they can be like, oh, yes, that's part of the reading Dune tribe. <laughs> if you want a crew chief, let us know. Kevin's <laughs> a graphic designer. Ooh. All right. Kerchief it up. Kerchief. Like Freddie from Scooby Doo, that kind of kerchief. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like you wrap her, okay. you said they wrap around their neck. Right. But I was like, how does that like look? a boy scout? I don't know, man. I'm does intrigued. It, does it get in the way of like any tubes or anything? I'm can I want to see how the movie does yeah. this. If they do it at all. Right. But we'll get to the kerchief. I have questions about the kerchief. <laughs> the kerchief, the kerchief? Kerchief. We're going to kerchit gear. No. No. <laughs> All right. No. All right. So where did we last leave Paul and Jessica? Um, they were getting jumped by some Fremen in the dark that were being real sketchy. And the, 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 the words coming out of their mouth were not in any way friendly. And it was not a good time. That's where we left off. Correct. All right. So Paul and Jessica get in the basin. They see the fairy land. It's awesome. They see a little Muhadib coming around and the hawk like, takes it away. And they're like, this is a great place to set up camp so we can find the Fremen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then the voice from the darkness says, most intruders regret finding the Fremen. Please don't run. If you run, you only waste your body in water. Uh. Paul could feel the edge of fear within him. And again, for being prescient, he's stuck in blind time again, where he can't see any future. And it's like all the time. Come on. You like just had this amazing experience where you saw all the time full time in front of you. But yet he still is like completely lost. Do you think it's like he made one slightly wrong move and now like 
the whole thing is screwed up or it's like this is a part of the way his prescience works maybe i think he's just kind of learning it yeah yeah okay okay you you have context obviously uh, i'm he, still trying to figure he gets out really out. good in um messiah let's just say that okay. but uh yes i think he's still learning he he thinks i think he's trying to understand he's all powerful but he's still like not all powerful at the yeah. same time another voice comes out from the top get their water right the first voice talks again it would be regrettable should we have to destroy you out of hand now Jessica registers there are two Fremen in the basin with them. But how many Fremen are there? At that point, we don't know. At that point, we have no idea. I know now. Yeah, how many are there now? 40, 40. 40. Yes, because at the end, she said, with us, it's 42. Uh-huh. And I remember that number because yes. of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's the answer 42. for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah. All right. So there are 40 Fremen in the basin, but she can only tell if there's two of them. Right. Only, only if they talk, does she know they're there, which is crazy knowing her abilities. And like, they're being super quiet to the point where like, there's 40 of them chilling and she's only able to hear two of them because they spoke. Exactly. Which that's bananas. Anyway. All right. A voice from the right calls out in another language. I'm not going to pronounce the language here. It's in the book. If you're reading Dune with us, Evan, you want to try? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. But to. if you're if you're listening and uh, you know as much, if not more, about this stuff than Caleb does, and you happen to know how to pronounce all this stuff, send us an audio clip. I'm, I'd be very interested to hear what this is supposed to sound like. In the audio book, it sounds fantastic. Oh. Um, I'm not going to try to replicate that here. Mm. Um, so, yes, audio book, worth the listen. Yeah. All right, but Jessica rec- recognizes the language as Chukopsa, which is Chukopsa. an ancient, ancient hunting language. Yikes. In the silence that followed, there was movement, scrambling sounds among the rocks and shadows. And that's when Paul has a sudden thought. It's not just two people. It's a whole troop. A tall hooded man steps out in front of Jessica. Just the hood. You can't see his eyes. It's just his mouth and his big old beard. And it's it's still guard. Stilgar. Do you remember the last time we met Stilgar? Um, I like when I was reading and obviously they say like, oh, I've met you and stuff. But like, I don't remember like the actual scene. Oh, it was at the it was at the. That like base thing and he like runs in, he's requesting something from the Duke and he's like not holding anything back. And people are like, you're talking to the Duke, bro. Like, calm down. And he's like, water stranger thing you know and then yeah and paul is like that's a guy i like yeah right and then because and also anybody who likes duncan idaho we like too right and so duncan idaho called him cool so stilgar calls out what have we here gin or human human i warrant it's like he's uh not testing them but like jesting right them He's like, let's play a little game here, but we, but we all know we're cool, but let's just, for formality. Right. 
So I had to look up what gin was because hmm. um, I didn't know. I first checked the glossary because that's the first thing you should do when you don't know what a word is in yeah. Dune. <laughs> goes back to the back of his book. Nah. And says, no way, there's a glossary. Nah. This whole time, 31 chapters in, I didn't know. The whole, the whole time. So gin um, is the pre-Islamic Arabian meaning for supernatural creature or like we would think of a genie or a demon yeah um not human a creature that is not human right i knew that i don't know why i knew that just from general nerdy stuff i knew what trivia was yeah yeah Mm. i'm glad you knew that because i had no idea um so the man says human i warrant Jessica could hear the banter in the man's voice, but her attention was focused on the fact that the man had a knife, which we know is a Chris knife. Right. And her and Paul had no shields. You would think by now that she would be okay with no shields, but it's just ingrained in the back of their mind. Yeah. Shields are cool. Yeah. Plus, isn't like the whole thing with the shields, like a knife is the Yeah, this the knife, thing that knife is the thing can... can but with the shield, it has to be the slow knife. Right. Not the fast knife. Right, 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 right. Uh-huh. So it's a, kind of a different way of fighting. Which we'll soon find out. Uh-huh. What? Okay. So then, uh, Stilgar says, do you speak? Jessica attempts to muster all the royal arrogance she can command in her voice. Because she he hasn't heard them talk enough to register his voice. Yeah. So she says, who comes on us like criminals out of the night? Like, how precarious do you need to be to just be like, oh, yes, you are the ones who are coming after us in this moment? The hooded man in front of Jessica showed tension in a sudden twist and then showed relaxation. Jessica noted this man had good control. At this moment, Paul sidesteps away from his mother. So if there's going to be a fight, they each have a bigger arena of action. Mm-hmm. As soon as Paul steps away, the hooded man turns towards Paul, looks at him. He knows exactly what's happening. Right. Well, don't move on me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is likely, Cub. If you're a fugitive from the Harkonnens, it may be, you may be welcome here. What is it, boy? At this moment, Paul's mind is racing. Something happened, something clicked. And all the possibilities of this moment rush into his brain. It's like he's learning what the prescience mm. is doing again. I think I missed that. Uh, the possibility oh, yeah, yeah. flashed yeah, across mind. A trick, a fact, an immediate decision was needed. So he's like, okay, I got to do something. What am I going to do? So he decides, I'm going to say something. Why should you welcome fugitives? Paul asks. Mm. And of course, Paul says this in his manner of fact of way of asking odd questions. Right. Because Paul has this weird thing where he just asks the question that needs to be asked in a weird way. Yeah. Like with Kynes. Kynes is always like, why is this man child continuing to bother me with really good questions? (laughs) (laughs) With really good questions. (laughs) And right, like guys home home is the same thing. Like, okay, these questions are really on point and why are you doing this? But it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. And uh, this surprises Stilgar, just like it surprised every person Ball has met so far. A child who speaks like a man, 
Stilgar says. To answer your question, I'm the one who does not pay the Fae, the water tribute to the Harkonnens. That is why I might welcome a fugitive. Mm. So Stilgar, he like, Paul asks his very specific question, like he does. Um, Stilgar's like, okay, boy, I see you, boy. Let me go ahead and answer that. But, you know, like he's like seeing what he's doing. Like, yeah. Okay. okay. Dope. Okay. They're, they're, this whole chapter, they're all, everyone is sizing each other up the entire time. Right. Uh, yes. And so finally, Stilgar decides to say, I am Stilgar, the Fremen. Does that speed your tongue, boy? And this is where Paul recognizes it. Oh, I have seen yeah. you before. Um, and he remembers that moment where Stilgar, thank you to Fernando, because Stilgar spits on the ground. Yeah, Fernando in our live feed is now generously reminded us, which everyone got salty about, but it was like actually, like it was like, oh no, he's actually giving you his water. It's yeah. a really big deal. Yeah. Um, Stilgar says, or no, Paul says, I know you, Stilgar. I was with you in my father's council when you came for the water of your friend. You took away one of, um, one of my father's men, Duncan Idaho, an exchange of friends. But Stilgar butts in right away. And Idaho abandoned us to retire to his duke. Like, That's cold, Idaho. That's cold. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, Idaho's a great person to bring up. I had a great relationship, but it's kind of like a salt on a wound at that point. Right. But it's also that like difference of culture. He's like, uh, Idaho was like, oh, I got to get back and like take care of my people. And they're like, you're abandoning us? And it's like, no, I got to go. I, I got to, stuff's going down. Like, I got to go. Right. But they right. see it as like abandonment. He left the tribe and brah, you know? Well, in their mind, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it doesn't Atreides, matter. Harkonnen, it doesn't matter. You're either with us doing our thing or you're you're just against us. Yeah. Because they've only known bad rulers. Right. Um, except for their own. We're going to, you know, Stilgars and Kynes have been really good Fremen rulers. So we're going to see what that culture is also like. Right. Um, but Jessica hears the disgust in Stilgar's voice. And at that point in time, I think she's already made the decision to do something. Yeah, I mean, as soon as they showed up, she was like, you know, like, like ready, ready to go, ready to fight. Him. I picture her like standing there very normally, but like her muscles are on edge. Like, if we gotta go, we gotta go. So she's like, you know. But I think now we get the point of like anger. Like you've just kicked a nerve. Like, yeah, she's not done grieving that Leo is gone. Yeah, like that happened two days ago. Maybe. Right. So it's... And she's probably not feeling great about the fact that Idaho is gone. Oh, yeah. That's also a, a, another one. Right. Like, you burned Idaho and Duglito? Yeah. Like, no, we're pissed. These are our people. That's some disrespect right now. I'm going to show you what's up. That's some, <laughs> I mean, I guess emotion isn't probably the best for in this moment, but she's. we're going to see what happens. Right. A voice from the rocks up again. We waste time here still. Which basically means, uh, let's get their water and go. Stilgar barks back up to the rocks and the whole basin at this point. He's just yelling, this is the Duke's son, the one we yet told us to seek. 
He used a thumper to cross the desert. That was a brave crossing he made in the path of Shai Halud. <laughs> I love how, like, we're going to obviously get through this, but, like, he's literally just, like, standing there looking at Paul and Jessica and, like, yelling at... <laughs> Nothing. At that these, these, like, really stubborn people in the darkness, like, <laughs> for a while. Like, a he's while. going back and forth with these people for a while. Paul and Jessica are just like, bro, are we fighting or, like... <laughs> <laughs> are we doing something? Are like, we not doing something? Shut up! I told you to shut up! Can you stop? Yeah, it's the Duke's son! It's like, stop! Stilgar argues back and forth with the rocks and the whole basin, right? It basically, he <laughs> says, this could be the Wizan al Yeah. Like, come on, this is a big deal. <laughs> Jessica notes the term, um, the religious term, mm-hmm. and knows that if she performed a sign or an omen, it could be a way to keep herself safe and Paul safe. Um, The people in the rocks continue to argue with him about the customs, and they're basically saying that they they should just kill anybody they find in the desert, take their water, run, and this means Jessica's got to go. Like, it's done. Uh, To which Stilgar responds, times change. He's just getting irritated. He's like, come on, guys. The voice then argues back, did we add command this? Ooh. Like, did, did mom and dad really say you could do that? <laughs> I'll show you a Leanne. <laughs> Jessica then, or no, uh, Stilgar says, you heard the voice of the, the Silalago, Jameis? Why do you press me? So now we know the name of the annoying person in the rocks. Yeah. Jameis. Jameis? Yes. I read like Jameis. It could be Jameis. Jameis. I like I'm that. I'm trying to figure out an accent in my head for the Fremen. Like a slightly Middle Eastern kind of vibe is where I've gotten so far, but. I like that. I think that's a good, that's a solid choice to move from. Right. Yeah. Like, like, uh, uh, the Iraqi guy in Lost, Saeed. Saeed. That's kind of the, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so do you remember the name Jamis? Jamis anywhere? No. Okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> how you how you gonna do that? I just want to see if you remember. Dang it! When it's time, I'll bring it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this is where Jessica picks up on something. Okay. Cielago. The clue of the tongue opened up wide avenues of understanding. This was the language of the limb and the foot, and Cielago meant bat. Do you want to look up? Pull up your glossary real fast. Glossary. We're doing No, we're doing limb. Oh, uh, it. I think it's it's I. I is the first letter. Could be I. I L M. Ilm. Ilm. Theology, science of religious tradition, one of the half legendary origins of Zensuni wanderers' faith. Now, what about uh, Feek? F-I-Q-H. Watch your mouth, Caleb. This is a family-friendly podcast. Indeed it is. <laughs> um, Feek. Knowledge, religious law, one of the half-legendary origins of the Zensuni wanderer's religion. Yeah. So, Jessica pulls up this memory from her, like, ancient... <clears throat> B'nai Jesuit schooling days, mm-hmm. 
which I just imagine a bunch of girls in a classroom learning about religions at like three years old. Um, but she remembers that this Cielago is from this language of the Zen Sunni mm-hmm. wanderers, which then pulls up another whole big thing in her brain of like, okay, if I'm going to communicate with these people, this is how they work. Yeah. So she knows all of these obscure cultural contexts. So now she like knows how to speak to this guy just from the word for bat. Uh-huh. Just That's for the, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. She picked all that up. Um, and she realizes that the voice of the Cielago was uh, they, they had received a message that was about Paul and Jessica, that they needed, the Fremen needed to go find them, which means another big thing, that the Fremen have a vast communication network. Right. These aren't just one-off people in the desert. There's an entire ecosystem built around these people. Yeah. Same thing that we saw when they got the backpack and it was like all of this stuff and the manual of like right. the manual to the friendly desert. These people, they have people know nothing about the Fremen. Right. And so Jessica is going to start saying like, holy cow, who are these people? And I think her more than anybody else, just because of her training can kind of pick up what to do and when. Yeah. And at this point, I don't know if we talked about this or not. I might have. <laughs> the bat. Is just like, could be whatever. It could be an actual bat. It could be some form of some other technology that they just call that, right? Like, do you remember the um, the chapter with Howitt and the Fremen? And yes. they, had, they had the the guy pulled out the bat out of the oh, cage. it's a literal it's bat. Like a literal yeah, 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 bat. yeah, yeah. yeah. And he okay. like spit into it, and then he took the message away. You like carry it's like carrier pigeons, but with bats. Yes. Okay, so it's an actual bat. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that weird moment with the spitting on the bat. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's that's Dune in a nutshell. <laughs> Forgetting about the weird moments that happen that then pop up later <laughs> in the book, which is why you're here reading Dune with us because there are a lot of those moments. That is true. I miss a lot of those moments. So thank you for filling me in on them. I appreciate that. I also, just by normal world standards, don't have a great memory. So (laughs) reading a chapter a week, it's hard to remember stuff from 10 chapters ago or whatever. Yeah, that was like 10 weeks ago for you. All right. So, but of course, Jameis argues back, trying to insert himself over Stilgar as the leader in this weird jockeying for position. And now Stilgar defends himself, saying it's actually the best interest of the tribe to take Paul, but the woman we don't really know about. So Jameis argues, fine, now we need to go. Right. And that's when Stilgar says, I will not tell you again, Jameis, to be quiet. Shut up, dude. Like, you can literally shut up. <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> um, so... Silence hits the basin one more time. Jessica hears the man moving, coming back down into the basin. They needed to go, and that means by law, they needed to kill Jessica, take her water, and move on. And if Stilgar's not going to do this, Jameis fully intends to right. pull out the Definitely sounds like he's going to do it. Yeah. Stilgar's now still talking, though. Now to Jessica and Paul. He says... The voice of the, the Silago suggested there might be value in saving you both. I cannot see the possibility, or I can see the possibility in this strong boy, man. He can learn and is young. But what of yourself, woman? And by this time, through all the bickering back and forth, Jessica has Stilgar's voice. Got him. She, but why does she, she decide not to use it? 
because he she can tell that he's like a strong guy like he's like a strong man and it's like has abilities that they're gonna need moving forward so it's better to like not just start messing with his brain and like break trust right off the beginning right. Right, right off the bat you know she says it uh he's worth more to us unblunted right with, with the full freedom of action Ooh, that's good which is kind of the same reason why she never used the voice on Lido. right because then you've broken trust but so yeah so she, she's like i got him we have that if we need it but he could still be he could still be used in our favor right so instead she decides to stand up and proclaim i am the mother of the boy the strength you admire is the product of my training still is fascinated by this he's like oh really sweet and then he asks <laughs> if uh she's a reverend mother like oh cool are you a reverend mother which is a huge burn because she's definitely not right she never made it she never made it that far basically yeah, right yeah she's uh it's like having the it's like being a jedi master and you're a jedi pal yeah it's like ah no we've seen how that movie plays out bum, bum, bum. <laughs> this is where jessica just straight up answers truthfully no yes are you trained in the desert she says no but many consider my training valuable still gar notes we make our own judgments on value fair jessica's <laughs> like yeah actually that's a that's great i can't really argue with that Stilgar goes on to explain that the group doesn't have time to test her at the moment, and it's nothing personal. Right. It's the rule of the general interest of everyone. He has to look out for the general interest of everybody. Paul starts recognizing what's happening, though, and takes a step forward, closing that gap. And says, what are you talking about? Stilgar tries to make it nothing personal. It's just that she isn't Fremen. She could easily kill them because she is untrained in the desert ways. Right. At that moment, Jessica decides to do something. She pretends to faint to the ground, which was an obvious thing for the outworlder to do. Paul then sees what's happening and takes two steps backwards. He knows what's going to happen. Stilgar goes to draw his knife with his right hand. Jessica turns. There's a slash of her arm whirling of mingled ropes and she's now against the rocks with the man helpless in front of her paul dives into the shadows right i like how frank uh described that that move that she was like ah, and she like pretended to pass out uh-huh. he says um it's something that you would expect another world or to do and the obvious um and the obvious slows an opponent's reactions it takes an instant to interpret a known thing when that thing is exposed as something unknown. Like, you know, you know what's happening, but you're like, what, she, is she passing out? By the time you've finished that thought, she's already got you. She's got you. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's done. So Paul's died for the shadows. The man who was arguing with Stilgar before, Jameis, lunges at Paul with a weapon. But Paul, in a single motion, straight hand jabs him in the sternum, <laughs> sidesteps him, chops him at the base of the neck, 
And then the projectile weapon falls out of his man's hand, and Paul is gone with the man's weapon. Good old Paul. Wait, did it say that it was Jameis here, or does it say it at the end? Uh, it says it at the end. Okay. Well, it's the man coming down, and he meets him right there, which we know is Jameis. Right, right, right. Um, at this point in time, the whole basin is filled with projectiles. They all have these projectile weapons, and they're all just shooting little BBs or whatever. <laughs> the projectiles everywhere trying to hit Paul or whatever. And Stilgar's voice roars, get back, you worm-headed lice. She'll break my neck if you come near. <laughs> I love his Fremen, like, Cursing? curse words. <laughs> <laughs> you worm-headed lice, you lizard spawn. <laughs> exactly. A voice comes out from the basin. The boy got away still. What are we? Of course he got away, you sand-brained. Jessica just chokes him. <laughs> Easy woman. <laughs> Tell them to stop hunting my son, Jessica said. They've stopped, woman. <laughs> <laughs> he got away as he, you intended him to. Great gods below. Why didn't you say you were a weirding woman and a fighter? <laughs> I love how all of his, like, mystique kind of just, like, disappears. God. Damn, woman, calm down! <laughs> he, like, went from a... <laughs> Super mysterious hooded What person. you doing, girl? <laughs> Tell him to stop hunting my son. They're done! They stopped! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Chill out! Uh, Jessica, st- again, starts to tighten up on Stilgar's neck. Tell your woman to... F- Tell your man to fall back. Leave me be, woman. We mean no harm to you now. Great gods, if you can do this to the strongest of us, you're worth ten times your weight in water. <laughs> At that point in time, Stilgar definitely says, no, she's worth keeping. She's good! She's good! <laughs> she's cool! She's cool! <laughs> and this is where she was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta test something. You asked about the Lizan al-Gaib, she says. And then Stilgar replies, you could be the folk of the legend. But I'll believe when it's tested. All I do know is you came here with that stupid Dooku. Ah! <laughs> Woman! I care not if you kill me. He was honorable and brave, but he was stupid to put himself in the way of the Harkonnen's fist. Silence. He's, Silgar's not wrong. He's not. And I think Jessica's like... Oh, you gotta be right though. I really wanted to choke you out right now. <laughs> yes. We're talking about the dude. I'm like still that. grieving, please. Yeah. I will go tighter. Um and I think it's important to note at this point that like the Fremen see what did the Duke did. They knew he was dead before as soon as he got on planet. The Harkonnen right. are gonna leave this right now. Right. They're gonna continue their plan, and he was collateral damage. Right. He could have left. He could have said no and been a fugitive, but he had to go in there and he had to face up the the danger head on to see if he could master it. And I mean, sometimes just get over your head. Yeah. Um, Jessica and Stilgar continue their tense conversation. And that's where Stilgar basically says that he wants Jessica to teach the Fremen the weirding way because he sees how crazy it would be if the Fremen all knew Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Basically. So Jessica agrees to teach, and Stilgar promises that both 
Paul and Jessica will now be part of the tribe, that their water will mingle with the tribe's water, and they'll have sanctuary. That's what we want. That's what, that's, in the end, that's all we want. Also, is uh, weirding that, that term? I don't super understand it, but would it work in the context if, like, every time I read weirding, I just said kung fu instead? Would that line up? I, I mean, yeah. But there was the kung fu room at the beginning uh, with the plants in it, so I'm, like, confused. Uh, I mean, in the very beginning on Caladan? Yeah. No, no, no. There was the, the weirding room in the... Oh, right. That was also a weird room. <laughs> so I, I don't super know what that I think, it, yeah. Word means. What a weird... What oh, a weird. somebody said it means witch. Oh, thank you, BB Catcher. So it was a witch room. Ren. Less kung fu, more... Uh, Witchy, witchy, witch, witch. I mean, we can think like how like the Scarlet Witch in Marvel, like when she moves around, it's almost like she like floats in this weird way. Okay, floating. I can dig it. I can dig it. Kung fu. Witch, witchy kung fu. Which I mean, by the way, when you get in that room, the weirding room, it would be like a witch room to old desert people seeing all of the greenery. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what is this apothecary of evilness? Right. Why is this all this wealth sitting here? Um, yes, I did just use the word apothecary. All right, moving on. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Good job. So Jessica's going to go big, and she asked if Stilgar could speak for all Fremen. Stilgar says, in time that may be, but only my brother, Liette, speaks for all Fremen. Here, I promise secrecy that my people will not speak to, to any or speak of you to any other sieges. The Harkonnens think all Atreides are dead. So, that's, uh, that's good to know. Yep. Yep, all right. <laughs> and thus, we have a contract. Um, after much negotiation, Jessica continuing to choke Stilgar. Stilgar says that, um, Jessica says that I shall teach you the way of battle. And Stilgar replies, and, and now you'll release me. And then we have now I have a contract between Jessica and the Fremen. And they did so is that Jessica <clears throat> remained in control. Right. This whole time. Paul peers over the rock and he's hiding behind, trying to get a better view of his did mom. Did we even talk about what Paul did? What Paul was doing in the background that whole time? What was Paul doing in the background the whole time? Well, like he, he took out homeboy... Yeah, sternum. Hit him in the neck. Bow. Took his gun. And he like immediately like dove into the shadows. And as quietly as possible, he basically like felt his way around and like found a, a crack where you can like shimmy up. Uh-huh. You know, when you're a little kid in the door frame in your house and you put your back on one side of the door frame and your feet on the other side and you go. <laughs> yes. Um, he does that and goes all the way up the rock. And is just like sitting there quietly, waiting, not making a sound, trying to figure out what's going on. Casey needs to like <laughs> do something. Right. Yeah. So he like tries to get a better view. And all of a sudden he hears heavy breathing. All of a sudden it stills. He looks up and sees a faint shadow outlined against the stars. <laughs> He's being watched. And Jessica then asks, like, stop hunting. Like, let, let the boy go. Um, oh, wait, no, I want to go for the go back real fast. So, 
it's um, the Harkonnens, right, have returned. The Fremen, she says, can you speak for all Fremen? Jessica asks, in time, maybe, right? Only Liette speaks for all Fremen. Right. My people will not speak of you to any other siege. The Harkonnens have returned to Dune in force, and your duke is dead. It said you two died in a mother storm. The hunter does not seek dead game. Jessica goes, well, there's a, is there a reward for us? Right? Like, maybe you'll just turn us in for more money. Right. Who knows? Right? That's what Kynes could have done. Stilgar remained silent. And she could almost see his thoughts turning over in his head, sensing the shifts in his muscle, muscle beneath her hands. Presently, he said, I will say it once more. I've given the tribes word bond. My people know your worth to us now. What could the Harkonnens give us? Our freedom? <laughs> no. You are the Takwa, which buys us more than all the spice in the Harkonnen coffers. I love how they were like, what, what can the Fremen give us? What can the Harkonnens give Sorry, us? Sorry, yeah. yeah. What can the Harkonnens give us? Freedom? No. Right. Like, they can't do anything. Well, of course, we're going to go with you. You can at least teach us the weirding way. Um, so, yeah. Then they let go. Stilgar's voice came from the basins. To, you up there, stop hunting the boy. He'll come down presently. <laughs> the voice of a young boy or girl sounded from the darkness above Paul. But still, he can't, he can't be far from... I said, leave him, Johnny, you spawn of a lizard. <laughs> so funny. There came a whispered... In, what's that word? Im, oh, my gosh. Imprecation. Yeah, a whispered imprecation from above Paul in a low voice. Call me spawn lizard. Call me spawn lizard. <laughs> and the shadow pulls out of view. <laughs> I picture Paul. He's like up there. And then he like kind of notices something above him. He's like, okay. And then Stilgar goes like, hey, you up there. Stop hunting the boy. Paul's like, but I was so quiet. <laughs> 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 yeah, who's doing my best? How do you know I'm up here? This <laughs> <laughs> um, Stilgar calls in everybody. Come in, all of you. Stilgar called. He turned to Jessica, and now I'll ask you how we may be certain you'll fulfill your half of the bargain. You're the ones who live with papers and empty contracts, and such as and Jessica butts in. We of the Bene Gesserit do not break our vows any more than you do. Ooh. There was a protracted silence. Multiple hissing of voices. Bene Gesserit, a witch. Bene Gesserit, don't play, son. It's the legend. This is where Stilgar even says, It was said the Shadow Mapes gave a report on you, but a thing so important must be tested. If you are Bene Gesserit of the legend, whose son will lead us into paradise? Stilgar shrugs. So, uh, shout out Mapes. Shout out to her. She, she, shout out to her. Yes, what I did there. That was good. She gave uh, her own Cialago back saying, yo, Jessica's lit. Because <laughs> um, I think, yeah, because shout out Mapes was one over really fast. Right. So they all know that there's this Bene Gesserit out there. Jessica's size, thinking, ah, so our missionary productiva even planted religious safety valves all through this hellhole. 
oh, well, it'll help. That's what it was meant to do. Which is the same thing Reverend Gaius Halamahamam said at the very beginning. Right. Just so you know, Jessica, missionary productiva is planted deep on Arrakis. If right. You need it. So Jessica asks if they need a sign. And she decides to show off at this point. Right. Not that she needs to. Like, they're safe. I don't know why she goes this far. Um, but so they could be extra safe because she's a mom. It's true. I'm not a mom. <laughs> so I know that I don't know that. Um, yeah. So Jessica decides to show off um, and remembers a map that she had seen in Kine's office while they were showing escape routes and remembers seeing Stilgar's name over a place called Siet Tabar. So she says, perhaps when we get to Siet Tabar, we'll be, I'll be tested. Stilgar, Stilgar looks at her, stunned, and just replies, we must go now. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, to him, it's just uh, witchiness. It's just and witchiness, like, yeah. How did you, how did you, what? We got to go. We got to go. We, we're, we're done talking. You're, you're being, you're being witchy and you're doing witchy stuff and we got to get out. <laughs> yeah. And Jessica, this is where she thinks like, if only he knew the tricks we all used. Mm. She must have been good. That Bene Gesserit of the Missionary Projectiva. These Fremen are beautifully prepared to believe in us. There it is again. Jessica nods saying, yes, let's go. As if she's the one who right. said, let's go. Right. I pictured her nodding, not like, not like, mm-hmm, but like, she's like, we must go. She's like, go. You know, she's like, get yeah. that like quick she's upward a- head nod of like, get, get. That's right. We must go for BB catcher RN says she's hella weird. <laughs> she's, hella weird. <laughs> she's doing her best right now. So real. Um, <laughs> Jessica and Stilgar argue back and forth about who has more power at this point because Paul is still up there and they're like bring Paul down and Jessica's like notice he hasn't moved he'll only respond to me and so Jessica's like another flex just, right. well, just a little more flexing happening from Jessica <laughs> so Jessica asks Paul to come down as soon, as soon as she asks Paul gets up illuminated in the moonlight he turns and sees an elfin-faced figure next to him, as if someone who he already knew from before, from his dreams. And then it says, in the background, he heard a song saying, ha, 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 I <laughs> This figure says, I am Johnny, daughter of Liette. And Paul is stunned. He's straight up. He's straight up just a 15-year-old boy at, in uh, this moment. <laughs> seeing her, the literal woman of his dreams, <laughs> shocked yeah. him into stillness. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much, like, phenomenal cosmic power you have. If you're a 15-year-old boy and you see a pretty girl of your dreams, you're going to, like, just completely fall apart. Frozen. <laughs> You were as noisy as shy halud in a rage. She took the most difficult way up here. Follow me. I'll show you an easier way down. She's being so salty. She's like, bro, you were loud. Like, <laughs> why were you so loud? And the funny thing, he's doing the best he can at this point right. in time. <laughs> that girl. 
It was a touch of destiny. Paul follows this point, more pulled mystically by the moment. It says he he felt caught up in a wave in a tune with emotion that lifted all his spirits. And it reminds me of the quote at the beginning about the waves and the harmonics of prescience. Mm -hmm. This is in one of those moments where it was like, this is a peak. Yeah. This is a peak, not just before he got to the spice. This is like a moment where everything has come together. And he didn't even see it coming. Right. Just hit him. The pretty girl. Just all he needed was a pretty girl. Man. Sometimes that's a lot, a lot of us need. Jessica, look at Paul. But said to Stilgar, this will be a good exchange of teachings. You were about to make a mistake. Stilgar responds, to save one from a mistake is a gift of paradise. Which in this context, in Dune, it truly is. Right. If one mistake and you're very much dead. Yeah, right. So saving one mistake is a great, great, great thing. He takes the weapon, the weapon, Paul had one off Jameis, and tosses it into the crowd. You'll have your own moolah pistol, lad, when you've armed it. Paul was about, about to speak, but he remembered his mother's teachings. Beginnings are such a delicate time. Ooh. Do you remember where where you heard that quote? Uh, Your tweet from earlier? No, I don't. (laughs) Go back back to chapter one. Chapter one? Like eight years ago. Yep, Paul. Yep, yep. Evan flips to the back of the book or the front of the book. He he tries to find the first quote. It's in the first quote? His thumbs are having a hard time with the paper. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for letting everyone know. The beginning is the time for taking the most delicate care that the balances are correct. Yep. There it is. The Begin. very first words of the book, other than book one Dune. Yeah. Beginnings are such a delicate time. That's a Bene Gesserit axiom right there. Stilgar spoke more to the crowd and more to Copsa. Two more Fremen come over and gave Stilgar two pieces of gauze. Stilgar puts one on Paul and one on Jessica, saying, Now you are the Cherkif of the Baca. If we become separated, you will be recognized as belonging to the Stilgar Sietch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gauze is what it was like. I was like, gauze? Like, like in the hospital? I'm trying to think of it's probably the material what it's like. I'd like right. to think it would be more colorful. Right. I mean, artistic. The first, the first thing I pictured, because it's like my, my immediate thought of what gauze is, is the stuff from like the hospital or right. like when you have a wound or something. It's like, a, then it was like, it's a taupe colored. It's probably like a darker, like a, like a, it's like a cloth type thing. Obviously he calls it a kerchief or whatever. Yeah. But I was picturing it being like brownish, just like, Really, really, really low thread count. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they're probably, yeah, it's probably sack, about right. Almost like sackcloth kind of. Maybe each CH has like a different shade of tan. Ooh. Are you Ooh. are you dark brown? Are you light brown? What color is sand dark? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Silgar takes Paul's backpack, which is also important, gives it to the other Fremen to carry, and he moves about the group inspecting them as they're about to hit the road. Baka, 
Jessica thought, recognizing the religious term. Baca the Weeper. She sensed how the symbolism of the kerchief united this band. Why should weeping unite them? He asked herself. Because they also don't cry. They don't cry? What do you mean they don't cry? Well, that would be wasting water. Well, I guess, but like... Are they physically incapable of crying or is it just like no, they're, they're Fremen and they're like tough guys? So like, yeah, they're more like Fremen, tough guys. So they, they just, don't, they just don't cry. Right. It would be illogical for them to waste water that way. Okay. <clears throat> Stilgar came to the young girl who had embarrassed Paul. Johnny, take that child man under your wig and keep him out of trouble. Johnny touched Paul's arm. Come along, child man. <laughs> Paul hid the anger in his voice and said, my name is Paul. <laughs> this is like, there's sometimes in this like story that it's like big and galactic and it's these forces of good and evil, right? And there's sometimes where it's just like 15-year-old high school boy. Right, yeah. This is one of those scenes like cut to breakfast club, like, come along, child man. My name's Paul. <laughs> and this is where Stilgar pipes in. We'll give you a name, manling. In the time of Mahana, at the test of Alk. The test of reason, Jessica translated. Thank God Jessica's there to translate all of this for us. Right. Then, which is nice. It's a nice storytelling yeah. motif there. Right. Yeah. The sudden need of Paul's ascendancy overrid all consideration, and she barked. My son's been tested with the gom jabbar. The stillness that followed, she knew that she'd struck to the heart of them. I don't know how they know what the gom jabbar is, but like, yo, is that like a common thing? I mean, apparently they know about it to the point that Jessica knows that they know about it. So she knows to mention it. True. It's like the ultimate test. Right. Which is the funny thing is of the test that... Stilgar says, like, are you jinn or human, right? The very beginning is that test of are you human or are you not human? Right. Because humans can go through their pain. Right. Face the fear. Um, this is where Stilgar says, there's so much we don't know about each other. But we tarry over long. Daysun must find us in the open. He crossed to the man Paul had struck down and said, Jameis. Can you travel? A grunt answered him. Surprise me, he did. It was an accident. I can travel. <laughs> no accident, Stilgar yeah. says. I hold you responsible with Cheney for the lad's safety. Right. Stilgar's like, no, no, no. That was not an accident. Don't lie to people. Don't you lie to people. Hey, Buenos made it on the podcast. Yeah. To those listening, my dog is here now. Yeah, if, is, you, if you hear any click, 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 that was his, his feeders. This is Buenos Dias. That's his name. That's Heaven's dog. All right, there we go. Say hi to the people on the interwebs. Hi! <laughs> All right, I'm going to put you down now. Um, Jessica stared at the man, Jameis. This was the voice who had argued with Stilgar from the rocks. This was the voice with death in it. And Stilgar had fit, or Stilgar had seen fit to re reinforce his order with this Janus. Mm. Which, who else, what other voice had death in it? 
that Jessica remembered right off the bat when she heard it? Um, it was a hard one. Yeah, the uh, the assassin, the 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 mentat, the mentat for the Harkonnens. Piter. Piter. I couldn't remember his name, but I remembered who he was. Yeah, she was. She's like Piter. Also has that same inflection of death. Just death in his voice. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Stilgar flicked a text a testing glance across the group, motioned two men out. You two, hide our tracks. See, we leave no trace. Extra care. We have two with us who have not been trained. Mm. He turned, hand up, and aimed across the base. In a squad lined with flankers, move out. We must be at the Cave of Ridges before dawn. Jessica fell in step behind Stilgar, counting heads. There were 40 Fremen. She and Paul made it 42, and she thought, they travel as a military company. Even the girl. Charney. Paul took a place in line behind Chani. He put down the black feelings of being caught by the girl. In his mind now was the memory called up by his mother's bark reminder. My son's been tested with a gum jabbar. He found his hand tingling with remembered pain. That's got to be weird. Chani hissed. Watch where you go. Don't brush against the bush. At least you leave a thread to show our passage. Paul swallowed, <laughs> nodded. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Jessica listened to the sound of the troop, hearing her own footsteps in Paul's, marveling the way the Fremen moved. There were 40 people crossing the basin with the sounds of the natural to the place. Their destination was Sech Tabar, Stilgard Siech. She had turned the word over in her mind, Siech. It was a Chikopsa word, unchanged from the old hunting languages out of the countless centuries. Siech um, means a meeting place in time of danger. The profound implication of the word and the language were beginning to register with her after the tension of their encounter. A meeting place in time of danger. It's like, this is Arrakis. All times are times of danger. Bingo. So and, they, they, yeah. they always, they're always there. Yeah. yeah. We move well, Stalgar said. We shine Halud's favor, we'll reach Cave of Ridges before dawn. Jessica nodded, conserving her strength, sensing the terrible fatigue she held at bay by force of will. And then she admitted it by the force of elation. Her mind focused on the valve, the value of this troop, seeing, the sh- seeing what was revealed here about the Fremen culture. All of them, she thought, an entire culture trained to military order. What a priceless thing here for an outcast duke. Bum, bum, bum. Which is what they've been saying this whole time from the very beginning is like, you got to get the Fremen on our side. Fremen are strong. Fremen know what they're doing. The Fremen, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it keeps getting like deeper and deeper. It got to that point where they were like, oh yeah, we killed a couple Sardaukar. They're like, you killed... You killed a Sardaukar? It's like, no, 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 we killed like 10 of them. You know? And they were like, what? And now, well. and now we understand that like the whole, the whole people group is accustomed to like military formations and like moving in like very specific, like weaponized ways. They have to. So it's like, imagine if Leto had like, actually been successful and like managed to do all of the things that he was planning like yeah. they would have taken over everything everywhere because like, the Fremen are ridiculous yeah 
yeah, it, he just had, he just didn't have enough time to pull it off. Um, I mean, he had Duncan Idaho in place. Imagine if he sent Duncan Idaho back, maybe after a week he goes and visits right. and like starts to build relationships. You still probably have to get yeah, the kinds on your side, but there's still a lot that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're only days away from his death. And the new Baruch in place, but we're now Paul and Jessica safely with Fremen. We have not reached this yet yet, but it's a big day. Right. Sigh of relief moment for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking with Jessica, like, all right, we're moving without mo- without rhythm again. Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired. <laughs> right. Yeah. She, like, says that at the end. She's just been, like, pushing down her exhaustion. And now she's like, oh, wait, <laughs> we have to go to the desert again. Good God. They're going to march until dawn. Right. Through the dunes, not attracting a worm. So, yeah, that's where we are. Uh, thank you so much for reading Dune with us. Remember, please um, send in your favorite moments. Yes. Email us at readingdune at gmail.com uh, or hit us up on Twitter at Reading Dune. We would love to hear for, from you. Thank you so much for watching live with us. We really appreciate it. And as always, Stay spicy. Stay spicy, everyone.